Hello, hello, Heather Jean here. I'm so happy to have you here. Confidence Your Cabaret, the podcast. All things confidence. And today we are talking about, well, pleasure, really. And, uh, you know, in a nutshell, if I had to pick one word for, for our guest, we're talking about pleasure. And we are so aligned in this episode mm. to be talking about, you know, using our bodies to being able to using our be using our experience to being able to take up space and share our message. And I'm so excited when I meet somebody who's doing really the same kind of things that I'm doing because it just strengthens the movement. Welcome, welcome, Kayla. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy to be to be um, putting this out here because our first conversation was you saying, oh, I'm a fellow performer. Let's talk. I know. <laughs> and now well, we're I I think it's actually pretty rare to find someone who is doing cabaret and then weaving it into coaching. So I was like, this woman's on my page. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, so so a little bit about Kayla then. So Kayla is a coach and we will be talking about coaching, you know, and a lot of the coaching movement have their own interpretation of what coaching is and what coaching does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some have 12 month programs and some have, you know, one-to-ones and some have groups and some have all kinds of different things. So we will come back to coaching in this episode, but we also want to talk about the, the central embodiment practice um, that, you know, is so, I mean, it's the whole reason why we started Confidence Through Cabaret. It's, it's the whole kind of core of so many of our, of our podcast guests. And as well, well as being a coach and burlesque performer and actress, you just are so aligned in terms of just wanting people to really to feel sparks. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And seeing sparks as the joy and the passion for the life, like getting out of bed and just feeling inspired for what it is that you want to do and being and living unreasonably like living for something that is like, this doesn't make much sense. People aren't really going to understand it, but I'm going to do it anyway because it, it feels good and it feels connected to my core. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's an awful lot of people talking about that, uh, you know, kind of aligned with your values, aligned with your passion, uh, your inner knowing, all of those things. And I can remember when I first started with the online business because I've had my own training and, and coaching business for over 25 years and, but it was corporate, you know, and it, it was, it was a very different energy. And when I started online, I, people kept talking about all of this, like your, your inner knowing your core. Your, and I was like, I don't think I get it because I didn't know what that was. Mm, yeah. How did you find your inner knowing? So, I love that you're asking that because my life actually took a bit of a left turn where I feel like I was always very connected to it. I went to school for acting. It's all about unblocking the body and just aligning to truth. So that was my focus day in and day out. And, um, and then, you know, living in New York, you're trying to pay rent. <laughs> it's expensive. So I wound up working in a hedge fund. And having a complete where I'm the only woman in the office for two and a half years. So I took this like total turn. I cut my hair short. I aligned completely with the masculine. I was always hustling. And I was like, 
what happened. And I had my own coach at my own time. I was living with all men. So I literally went through this phase for about two years where I was not around a woman. Like it was surreal. It was so weird. So within that, I, I started to figure out like, and appreciate all of the, who I was like, actually the strengths that I had as a woman where the patriarchy was kind of you know, bringing me down a bit, like, like, and telling me to act in a certain way. And I was putting on a show and I had lost my authenticity. And when I lost it, it was when I was able to see when I had it and then had to start peeling back the layers. So it was sort of this um, kind of roundabout way of going through my own, own path of awakening and finding it all over again. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, a lot of us, uh, I certainly was uh, uncomfortable with the idea of hearing people talk about things like peeling back the layers. I was mm -hmm. like, no, I have those layers for a reason because they <laughs> protect me and they keep me in the space that I know. And uh, I can tell you that if you don't do the work with the peeling back, the layers will peel back anyway. And I think a lot of people found oh, yeah. that out during COVID, right? Because those layers, we, you know, when we were locked down, there was an awful lot of peeling. Oh my God. So much so. I actually met someone, my partner who I now live with the month before the lockdown. <gasps> yeah. So we started to get to know one another and I was like, I mean, every all of the defenses because, and I, I, we mentioned before, I'd been a matchmaker before. So I have this also background of, you know, just so much kind of layers of when you're helping everyone find love, like you, I almost knew a little bit too much. <laughs> so then I had so many protective layers for myself because, you know, I was like, okay, well, I know that things could end at any point because I've been through so many clients who thought it was the one and then it wasn't. So I was protected. And, you know, it was like through having this time where it was, I was like, okay, well, I can't really meet anyone else. I can't really date anyone else. So let me actually give this person the time to get to know them. And I just was like, you know, you always find the person who can give you the most amount of healing. So I was just like, okay, here's the mirror. Oh God, another mirror. Oh God. <laughs> you know, just like, and, and now thank God <laughs> we're here and I live with him and, and things could not be better. So, but it was, um, I mean, in through COVID and it was, it was, it was rough. Yeah. 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 And I think I think a lot of people ended up moving in together way earlier than they would have or or certainly spending time together in, in, in ways that they wouldn't have because they couldn't go out on actual dates and things. Yeah. It's interesting you say that about um, about being a matchmaker, because, you know, when we combine that with peeling back the layers and a lot of what we do, you know, because you and I in our coaching practices there has to be a certain amount of, well, peeling back the layers, doing the acceptance piece and healing and, and, mm. and, you know, finding that inner knowing. But a lot of us, um, you know, we, we, we kind of lose our way in it all. And then, and then we kind of shut down and we don't have that acceptance. And, you know, we talk about this a lot in confidence recovery with the, with the shrinking. I've yeah. never said to a woman and a lot of men as well, but I've never said to a woman about, you know, the shrinking, Everybody goes, yeah, I know mm -hmm. the shrink. 
So when we talk about matchmaking and we talk about, you know, kind of peeling back the layers and stuff, did you do work on the accepting yourself before you expect others to fill the void? So this is actually one of the reasons I left matchmaking <laughs> um, was, and this is why I transitioned to be a coach because it was so easy. Matchmaking at the end of the day is actually a time-saving service and it's very easy to place blame. So it's, but, but we all know, we know in this space, you have to do the work on yourself and you have to take, you know, radical ownership over what it is. And I do believe, and I did believe that so many of my clients, I was like, if they just settled down for a second, did some internal work, cleared out some space in their calendar, they would have a relationship. But I'm over here spinning my wheels, going out and meeting people for them, you know, like getting the guy in and then me like, actually, I have this person for you. You know, I was like, this doesn't feel good for me anymore. And that's kind of what I tra transitioned away from it. I really do believe that every person when they find their passion and when they find the, th the thing that gives them sparks, which is where this all came from in the first place, th they're going to be magnetic. They're going to attract that person. Um, and they're going to come in, in the due time, you know, when the person is ready. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that person can take so many different forms. I mean, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship, you know, because that, that, I mean, there's that, I don't want don't even want to go down the spectrum. I live in the world of the spectrums of, you know, um, Ident sexual ident gender identification, you know, sexual preferences, um, but also around that whole kind of piece about, you know, uh, am I am I romantic in some way? Am I heteromantic? Am I homoromantic? Uh, you know, all, all of like mm -hmm. there are so many different levels to it, and and people kind of uh, simplify it by talking about LGBTQAI plus, and you know, and kind of going, yeah, that's that covers the whole spectrum, but it isn't because you know, that heteromanticism isn't for everybody, or homoromanticism, romanticism isn't for everybody, you know? And and, it's and sometimes it's about attracting people that we work with or attracting communities that we join or, you know, different ways. It doesn't have to be this um, American sitcom kind of setup, you know? Yeah. I, I actually have a... One of my favorite clients that I worked with, I actually would always tell her, just focus on the feeling of love and wound up falling in love with a woman. And she had never been with a woman prior. And it just, she was like, this is the feeling though. You told me to focus on the feeling and I was feeling it. So I just kept going with the feeling and, you know, they're buying a house together. So <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think even with COVID now, exactly what you're saying is so true with friendships we've all changed and the friends that we had before some of them we might have outgrown mm -hmm. and now we have you know blossomed or bloomed into this new person and who are you calling in for a friend who are you calling in as your new soul sister to connect with um that's going to change too absolutely absolutely you, you uh, i do, do aerial dance as well as as burlesque and I lived at my studio before COVID because I did um, pole, hoop, lollipop, silks, uh, any anything in the air. I, I did it. 
And and I would do like four hours in an evening if I was in the country, you know, before COVID, we could travel. But if I wasn't traveling, I was at my studio every night. And and now I I don't want that kind of balance. Mm. I don't I don't have that same energy. And I don't mean the energy for exercise. I mean, I I had a lot of anger and that was my way of expressing or finding mindfulness because if for me mindfulness of sitting in the now is hard I'm an extrovert but me hanging from something you have to be in the now or you will fall you know if you start thinking about (laughs) that thing somebody said that really annoyed you you fall Right. And you're falling from a high place when you're doing silks. Exactly. So I, I, I enjoyed that, you know, kind of enforced mindfulness in that was my practice. Well, of course, when all of that ended, apart from I have a pole in my home, but I don't have other um, apparatus. But apart from that, I, I really didn't have that, that same need by the time COVID started to wind down or mm. the the lockdown started to change anyway. I don't know if COVID's yeah. winding down ever, but, but um, you know, I, I, I now have different ways of expressing it. Mm-hmm. And I've learned about the feminine energy in a much more intimate way than I ever was connected to before because I was in that male world like you. Yes. You know? Oh, I am and, so, and I want to know how, how are you expressing it now? How are you finding it when you say that? Well, so before I, I thought that feminine energy was about being feminine, you know, so I did hair and nails and makeup and heels. And I, I loved the whole kind of expression of the female. Um, and I think now my female, my feminine energy, I should say, shows up about intuition which mm. I didn't have any sense of because I didn't peel back the layers. And if you don't peel back the layers, you can't hear your inner voice because it's a really small whisper and it's way down deep. And yes. until you peel back those layers, you don't hear those. So it's it's showing up in intuition. It's showing up in creativity and it's showing up in balance in ways that I can pay attention to. Sometimes I go through periods where I wake up and I cannot be in the masculine being doing or you know driving, competing results, all those kind of words, which I'm used to. And I do strongly feel comfortable in that environment because I know how to do that. I know how to play the patriarchy game in, in business. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I, I wake up sometimes and I think, I can't do. I can't. Like, I just can't. I need to just be you know, and that can go on for a few days. And then I'll wake up again and I'll be like, okay, I'm in masculine energy, everybody get ready. Cause we're going to do stuff. You know, it's like, <laughs> and, and so, but I can really sense that in myself now. Yeah. And before I would hide from it. It's so interesting. I'm also learning a lot about hormonal cycles and, you know, diving into that. And then understanding like in the beginning of your cycle, you have a lot more energy to to do and get those things done. And then, you know, having to respect the, the lulls of our energy and, and there's different times that are better for creating and better for doing and actually integrating that in, you know, into from a, from a whole cycle, from the whole month perspective. Yeah. 
Yeah. And a lot of the guests that we've had on in the past also talk about, you know, kind of moon cycles, mm -hmm. um, times of the year and the seasons and, you know, what it means to, to, to be in a full moon at this time versus that time. I don't know a huge amount about it, but I know enough about it to understand that it impacts us. You know, it's a bit like tied in and tied out. You feel differently. Yes. You know, um, and so... Uh, for example, I learned that a good time to get your hair cut is is in a new moon because our hair, the hair follicles. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I know, right? And then it's like yeah. the hair follicles stand up at certain times because the, the pull versus to other times when it goes more flat. So, you know, when you have a bad hair day, I'm not saying the moon is responsible for my bad hair day. <laughs> But I'm it doesn't hurt, like right, like it. If this isn't really your thing, and I don't know enough about it to 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 say that it is my thing, but I know enough to know that it certainly doesn't hurt, you know. And if 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 my mm -hmm. hair is completely flat and gone frizzy, it's usually at a similar time to what's going on in the cycle of things. So when you add hormones and you add you know um, moon cycles and you add our own experiences. And you add, you know, some of our guests talk about past lives and how some things come up in your past life at the same point in this life. So if something happened to you at 33 in your past life and then it happens, it could happen to you or similar kinds of things can happen. You know, yeah. look, I, I don't know how I feel about all mm -hmm. of those things, but by tapping into my feminine energy, I know that it connects me to an awful lot more. It opens me up to all of these different options. I could not agree more. I absolutely could not. So so one of the practice that I've started with is Mama Gina's work of asking your pussy every day, waking up and saying good morning and, and asking her and talking to her and saying, what do you need today? What do you want? Like, what are we, what are we going to do today? <laughs> so, and that connection. And also one thing I'll do is I'll put my hand on my heart and my hand on my pussy and I'll let sound out. And I do, um, in acting, there's this, uh, voice training called link later training where you're letting sounds of, uh, like bubbles of sound come out and it's called freeing the natural voice. So it's about kind of creating that resonance from, and allowing sound to almost vibrate in different parts of your body. So I've been doing that kind of integrating this work where I'm allowing that sound to just bubble out like, ha, huh, ha, huh. like on little, little sounds so that, you know, we hear a lot of people's voice and maybe it sounds a little too high pitched or it's, it's, it's very whispery. And instead it's, it's like, this allows that full, the full resonance of, voice to come out and you my voice even as I'm talking about it is like oh <laughs> so, yeah Amazing. have you ever done kundalini yoga oh I, I have and that's like <sighs> that's when you were saying that I was like yeah I felt very like uh inhibited at first and then once you start letting those sounds out and I'm not suggesting to the listeners that you have to go and do kundalini yoga or you but but it's what you know those things like the ha huh, sounds ridiculous the huh, it sounds ridiculous until you start really getting into that flow which is why I asked you about that yes and it's I think this is something so important I am like a huge proponent of using your voice and 
letting out sound in general and especially when making love like in just as much as you can or if you're in the gym you know actually ah like you're actually going to have more strength and that's oh, yeah. studied and proven um but it you also only have to watch professional tennis right yes <laughs> they do it for a reason <laughs> yeah and and we there's also been studies to say that if you just cry and you don't let any sound out you won't actually let the grief out it has to leave through sound um and so there's also on a flip side i worked with this acting coach for years who anytime that we did too much um emotional work in terms of anything with insecurity vulnerability things that were like really raw dark shadow space would always make sure that we align our our like the vibration of our body again towards pleasure sounds so you know you might imagine that you're at the beach and you're eating ice cream with your best friend and then you're going to mimic your best friend and you're going to mimic the laughter that you both have um and that will align your body back to you know things aren't just the, the bad side, they're also the good side. So you're practicing both. And you have to let the sound out with it. You have to let the sound out. Yeah, I didn't cry for my whole adult life until 2019. And I can remember as a child, and I didn't know I remembered it until you just said that I used to cry like silently, like, I'd like and I couldn't, I couldn't, because, and it would be stuck, the sound would be stuck literally in my chest. Yes. And it wouldn't come out. And it's that, it's, it's that, you know, we, we both have this, this kind of stage life um, existence where, you know, you wouldn't show up on stage unless that was part of your character, you wouldn't show up and not project your message, mm -hmm. raising your voice and taking a space. Cause imagine how boring it would be for everybody at the back of the auditorium or the theater or the venue. If you were quiet and you were small, <laughs> nobody would see you or hear you. It'd be tedious. No, no. And, and it's, all that. Mm -hmm. it's so important to just let that out. The reason um, when people say that they have like a lump in their throat, the tongue actually goes all the way back into the throat. And it literally is tension in the tongue that is clogging the sound up. So it's so interesting. We have all these metaphors, right? But they're actually anatomically correct. They, they usually have some sort of connection to something. That's really interesting because I'm going to guess that my inability to cry is something related to my throat chakra. It, if you're guessing it, that's your small whisper right there. <laughs> something is coming up. It's like, it's like some people clench their jaw. You mm -hmm. know, I, I, when I, when I work with businesses and we, we talk about presentation skills, which is entirely different now that we're all online, but but certainly presentation skills in a, in a boardroom kind of setting um, or a, like a sales pitch kind of meeting setting, you know, um, we, we talk about, you know, that kind of alignment, right, of being able to breathe in deeply from your diaphragm and project your voice to project that confidence and, you know, shoulders down and back and all mm -hmm. of those kind of things. But there's somewhere, yeah, and there's the, the loosening up, but there's somewhere where we hold on to it. And mine is in my jaw, mm -hmm. in my, my jaw. Well, that's interesting. You said earlier about anger, because 
jaws are known for holding on to anger. You clench your jaw right when you're angry, right? So it's so funny. Even as you say, it, I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to like massage and loosen up my jaw. <laughs> like, oh, I'm holding on. Yeah, yeah. Some people eat it's in their fist. Um, I've had times when it's been in my shoulders. Uh, I've had times when I've held it in my lower back. Uh, you know, there's, there's always a place where we're holding it, but my go-to is very much in my jaw. And I think, I think you know, doing things like yoga nidra is such a beautiful 10 minutes. Yes. It, you know, you're already laying in bed, just, you know, clenching and then unclenching every single part. And if you go through a guided, like if somebody says to you, that, you know, <laughs> loosen your jaw, I'm like, my jaw's not clenched. Oh. Yes, I know. <laughs> as soon as you're saying it, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Oh, I have I I literally is it's it's like one of my favorite things. One of the things that gives me pleasure is literally guided meditations where I'm relaxing my body and just going through and releasing tension and bits and pieces and having someone guide me through it. And then I'm asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, such a beautiful thing. And it's such a good way of getting in touch with your your mind body. So let's talk a little bit about your coaching, because you went from uh, kind of the, the, the corporate world into matchmaking, which seems like a million miles apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then into coaching, which doesn't seem like such a huge leap. But talk to us a little bit about uh, what who, who you help and, and what your coaching is about. Absolutely. So I work with I'm, I work with women who are usually, you know, in their late twenties to thirties. Um, I interestingly work with very creative people who are going through a bit of grief from the how they expected life to turn out, and then it didn't quite go that way. Um, and it's very, very interesting. I've noticed this. I mean, maybe living in New York City and seeing women in their 30s, you know, pursue something for years and it just didn't shake out in the fantasy that they expected it. So now we're starting to deal with, OK, well, I have new priorities that have come up. I want a family. I want these new things, but I still really want this other thing. So we do a lot of work that is going into why, like the shame, things that are kind of hidden back um, to let that go and actually start aligning to what is it that you really want now and setting those goals. And then, you know, going into some very classic coaching, but always reconnecting it to pleasure and what feels good and looking at pleasure as the expansive, right? Versus fear is the, is the contra is contraction. So if I start to see my client actually con contract, I have them get up and explore the other side of it. I have to, I'm a physical person too. So I, and, and I actually, so I do a lot of process coaching, which is like, let's bring the emotions out. Let's get ugly. Let's like, what is it that you're not allowed to express right now? Let's express it. And, um, you know, I have to be moving around. So I'm very like, you seem I'm, like so animated, but, um, I, I think that is very powerful for clients to actually embody the change and have the brain be 
experiencing it in this awareness in the present moment. Um, and then, you know, we set goals from there, we move forward from there. And, and I always say it's like, you know, therapy is therapy is dealing with the past and why things are, but coaching is dealing with the here and now and how we can get to the future. So that's always where we're kind of moving towards while accepting and loving ourselves in the present and, and being grateful for the past, you know, (laughs) and all of that, which sounds really easy, but is a whole process. Oh yeah. (laughs) So if someone's working with you, you, they work with you one-to-one typically. Yes. Yes. So for the last year, I've just done one-to-one, but I am um, working on a group program that will be coming out in the next couple months. So we're shoot- I'm shooting for an April launch on that. So that will be designing your life with pleasure. Um, and then towards the end of the year, I'm actually working on another program, which is because I am working with so many creatives about the creative process with pleasure. So it's I'm really excited about that, too. So those are those are the two signature programs coming out this year. That's exciting. That's really exciting. And I, I hope you'll come uh, into the Facebook community and uh, share when you're ready to launch and, uh, and, yes. and see if it's the right timing for people. Um, and we will we will put all of the all of your contact details into the show notes as well to make sure that if if this sounds right, even if you're listening to this in, in May or June and you feel like, oh, I've missed it, it doesn't matter because you can get in touch with Kayla and, you know, find out what's going on and, and you know, what the timing is for, for the different programs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, one-to-one is always an option too at whatever phase anyone is at. And, you know, I do try to make sure that um, I can work with people kind of where they're at because I do, I was an actress in New York city and, um, and no, I, 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 I know where young artists are at and it's gotta be approachable for them too. So we work things out. For sure. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about being an actress versus being something like a a cabaret performer, like burlesque performing, because an actress is someone else's script directed Mm -hmm. by somebody else. You're, you're, you're told a lot of what you're doing. Obviously you bring things to the role, but, but it's a very different thing than, than freedom such as burlesque. I mean, I now don't choreograph anything. I just freestyle. Oh, awesome. I know. So I have like a character, obviously I have a costume. I have like a, you know, a narrative, like I have a message, but how that message comes across is organic on the night I have the music you know like this there's yeah. certain things there, but there's no like oh I'm going to cross here now and then I'm going to do mm-hmm. this thing and then I, I just do what feels right in the moment and and that also makes sense because of with cabaret your audience is you know it's, it's part of your story and that you're telling at that time the audience is different every night and um there's no real fourth wall in cabaret. Exactly. So how is it different for you in your experience between being doing something like burlesque versus doing something like acting on a stage? So acting for me is about serving the script. You're serving the story of whoever you're telling. Um, and it's always about how deep you can go to make sure that you're sculpting and crafting the narrative. And, and it's really, you know, you're serving the only way I can say is that you're serving the script. So it is about finding all of the truth of the human experience within that. And then, you know, sculpting 
like sculpting a human from there <laughs> within your own body and up and down your your own levels of your own um you know it's like yes you can bring your experience to it and it's your your truth it's kind of always about getting out of the way first like we always work with eggs first and that's the emotion underneath like what is really happening here but then the character might not be able to emote in that way because they have defenses. So then you layer that on and that and just craft it from there. And that's how I kind of work as an actress, which um, is, yeah, that's my technique. That's very cool. That's very cool. So, and the thing is with, with something like a cabaret performance, unless you're in a group act, in which case you do need to stick to the choreography and um, you, but assuming you own the stage yourself, you're creating that that's not kind of acting and reacting with other characters or other actors on the stage because you're not telling a story jointly you're telling the story purely through your mm -hmm. own body and props and and so on it's very different I think it's so different and I, I was always really jealous of musicians as an actor because I was like they get to just make something and they get to perform and they get to hang out with each other in the, you know, in the studio and, and just put something together and craft it. And then they get to go do it. I was just so jealous of them. And I, my sister's a musician and I don't have that gift. And, um, and so when I found burlesque, I was like, Oh, this gives me the power back. Now I can, do that and I can create and there's a whole community that's beautiful that surrounds it um and I can express myself in the the weird ways that I want to I always had um and through through college my the head of our our acting program uh would, would always tell me to come back down to earth it's like because I always wanted to play aliens <laughs> and I was like I was like whatever was the weirdest character like I would be can I do this scene it's like a robot <laughs> and so burlesque, you can in burlesque yes and I do I do so so I'm known for doing like I have a Dilophosaurus from Jurassic Park where <laughs> and I'm um you know I, you know, how he spits the venom out at Newman. So I have that, but it comes out of my vagina. <laughs> so I have really bold and weird burlesque acts. Um, yeah. I, I love this. I love this. I need to see this act. This is, this is just, so, so the deal is if you're listening to this and you're like, what's burlesque? Because when I got my little whisper about go and do burlesque, I did not know what it was. Um, oh, yeah, you don't know what that is. You're scratching your head right now. What are you guys talking about? Okay, so first of all, most people relate burlesque to something more like what Dita Von Teese does, a kind mm. of classic burlesque of, you know, the strip tease. Gypsy Rose Lee is another one. And, you know, the, the kind of the, the strip tease. Now, um, depending on the era, I mean, they did get naked, uh, although they say they didn't, but that was because of licensing laws back in the day. Um, most places now, you would, if you're a female, you would need to be um, no more than stripped down to pasties and a merkin or G-string. So mm -hmm. there's not full nudity. Also, a myth about burlesque is that it's not necessarily stripping. 
I have seen reverse burlesque where people have put on clothes. I've seen uh, burlesque where they change from one outfit to another outfit, but there's no really taking off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've, I've, seen a, I've seen an act where they were stuck in an iceberg. So they were just kind of not moving. And then, and and then the music all kind of mixed into Frozen, let it go, and then it all kind of broke open. There was nothing taken off other than the breaking free of this iceberg. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Um, But it wasn't to do with you know the striptease, which a Mm -hmm. lot of people think. Well, that's what burlesque is. There's all kinds of there's there's comedy in it. There's there is the 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 classic stuff. There's gorlesque there's you know it's anything that you want to tell as a story um sometimes there's lip syncing sometimes there's there's kind of uh, a mix of music with your own kind of voiceover so it's kind of your your either your internal thoughts or you can you know lip sync it or whatever of you know going through i don't know dear diary and you're holding a notebook or you know something like but so it could be lots of different things it it isn't necessarily the glove peel although i do love a glove mm-hmm. Um, so just, just if you're listening and you're like, what is burlesque? It, it, it is just, um, an expression. Uh, it goes, it has its roots back into vaudeville and, you know, there's actually a lot of different, different roots into it, but it, it is it, ultimately, at least for me, it's an expression with our bodies of sharing our message. And yes. so and alien squirting whatever yeah. that poison from your vagina is massive, <laughs> right? And very often those kind of things are, uh, you know, anti-patriarchy or, you know, kind of like right. we're not stuck in a set in a role that we, you know, we, we have to adhere to or whatever it is, you know. Um, I really love it as reflecting society kind of where we're at. And, and with that, there's total freedom of expression too. And it's, you know, there's satire to it of, of whether it's the politics or whether it's, you know, there's just total of making fun of where we're at in society, what we're deciding is shameful, what we're deciding is, you know, and, and it's bizarre. It can be like just satire for, or it could just be because it's entertaining. And right now, you know, people love to watch anime. And so, we're reflecting back anime and making it sexy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. One of my one of my favorite uh, burlesque acts is is a, a a performer called Sneeze, who is local here in Bristol, who does has pea pods on their head, like it's a it's a giant pea pod, and then their their face is a pea, and then there's another pea on top, and then there's another pea on top, and as they move, the peas move around in the pod, and they make it move, and it's almost kind of puppetry, um, and. <laughs> And it has very appropriate music that is is uh, if your mind wants to go that way is actually quite quite blue, but also could be a children's uh, nursery song. I mean, that's true. A lot of a lot of nursery rhymes. You think, hmm, I'm not sure that that was uh, you know was Humpty Dumpty really supposed to be breaking into a million pieces? I don't know. That seems a bit dark. You know, (laughs) I actually live near. this is one of the beautiful things about living in England. I actually live near the little town where there is the actual Jack and Jill originated. Like Jack oh, and Jill, children that went up the hill and then fell down and broke their crown. And yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> like that's a real hill. 
I didn't know that was a real place. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So a lot of this stuff is very dark anyway. And so what you're saying about, you know, that burlesque can really reflect that, um, that, you know, that what's going on in life is it, it, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So what's your favorite style then? What, like, what, what do you like to do other than to be outer space and <laughs> filth, which I love? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I do bring the, the, telling a story element to it. So I really, um, my, my strength is a, being a storyteller over being a great dancer or being a great acrobat or anything else. So my approach is always, what is a character that I want to express? And what is the story and the journey that they're going to go on? And so, yeah, so that's kind of what shapes my acts and because I'm not the greatest dancer and I'm not the, you know, so, so, but I always want to make sure that the audience is entertained and that they're, they're coming along with me. So, and then I can turn them on at the same time. As long as I can do all that, we're good. <laughs> you know, I, um, Joe boobs Weldon is a legend. Who's who I, know I Joe boobs. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's, you know, New York City. So she's New York School of Burlesque. I was actually just over there yesterday taking a class and she's incredible. But she has an, one act that I saw her do. She just is literally opening a slit in a glove for the whole song and just playing with it. And it is tantalizing. I mean, it is your feeling things you're like turn she is just like looking at you and you're like oh my god <laughs> and that's all she's doing that's fabulous that's absolutely mm -hmm. fabulous if you if you're listening or you're watching this on youtube so so i should actually say this if you're listening to this on podcast it's also available on vodcast on confidence recovery youtube channel uh check out the vodcast playlist and you'll see kayla and i here if you're here with us on youtube you can also listen to this on audio uh anywhere you get your podcast i should have said that at the beginning but i was too excited to talk to kayla um so so um if you are new to this and you want to find out a little bit more about like what we're talking about about. Um, my steer would be to go to the Behoff, which is Burlesque Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. um, just, just put that into YouTube and you'll get all kinds of, of stuff in here. Um, one of my uh, close friends and is ranked, I think, fifth in the world right now is called uh, Cleopantha. Uh, she's based here in London, but she is moving to the US, which is very heart-wrenching. Heart um, <laughs> just a beautiful, beautiful soul. And she does more of the Jessica Rabbit and more of the kind of Dita Von Teese sort of oh stuff, gosh. right? Yes. I adore watching that but I could never do it. It's just not my style, you know? And this is, this is the point is that, that cabaret and burlesque is for every body. Like yes. this isn't, this isn't about age. This isn't about size. This isn't about gender. This isn't about, this is for everybody. That's, that's the whole kind of point. It's, it's, it's the most inclusive place so long as you're sharing a message that isn't undermining or harming others. 100%. And that's what I love about it because it allows every person wherever they're at to be, to be sexy, to be beautiful, to be expressed. Um, and what's, I mean, like, that's my mission in life. <laughs> so like that, it just feels so, 
you know, exciting to be a part of that community and to be there cheering on, you know, other uh, um, men, women, or whatever gender, you know, just being fully accepting and embracing um, and to be held in that space. It's like, how often do you get to be held in whoever you truly are by a warm audience who's there to support you being whatever you are? Absolutely. And I think, I think, you know, it's, it's in doing that, that we, we really start to get in touch with it because both you and I, there's no mistaking this, that, that both you and I include movement of some sort in our programs. Um, I, I literally include movement um, because I think it's important to get into our body without being in our head. And so for me, for example, uh, a, a movement class, which would always be part of a program, is about moving, letting your body do what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. I am ter- I have no rhythm and I don't remember choreography very well. So I can do it, but it's very hard for me to remember choreography. And uh, so if I'm doing something with anybody else, I work extra hard because otherwise I end up just freestyling again and then (laughs) everybody else, which has happened to me before where everybody else has kind of gone, oh, we're following her now. (laughs) We're not doing all that other stuff anymore. Um, So I so but what I'm saying is that, you know, a lot of times people will say, I can't sing or I can't dance or I can't. It's not about that. It's about freedom to move your body. And if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, that sounds good. Go put on some music, switch off your brain and mm-hmm. just let your body lead you and see what happens. Sometimes I end up on the floor. Most of the time I end up on the sofa with my leg in the air. I don't know why. I might have, I'm very flexible. So <laughs> I, I, I like to have my leg in the air for some reason. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, like it, it might be that you're, you're dancing around the room like your dad at a party. Who knows? Yeah. Oh my God. Which is, and that's a mood. That is a whole mood. And if you're in that mood, you better, you better get it out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when we talked at the beginning about, you know, peeling back the layers and stuff. This is hard work, right? Your inner knowing, finding that, aligning with that, making sure that you're taking actions with mm-hmm. that. It's exhausting. And particularly since a lot of the time we're on our own or we're in groups of people where everybody else is talking about it. So you're supposed to be doing it. But if you don't, it, it's tiring and draining. And being able to be in your body and feel mm. good is energizing and important. I absolutely love what you're saying for so many different reasons, because I think that we can be very um, reverent, maybe is the word of just being really honoring of, oh, I got to do the work and I'm going deep into my soul. And I've, I've you know, and that is such a trap for toxic positivity and for um, literally being exhausted. And and it's like, well, the real thing that we want to get to is loving our life, right? Like, or or feeling, feeling like we're on a path that we feel good about. Um, And, and so it's like play, just giving yourself permission to play, which kind of ties us back to pleasure where we started from, you know, this whole loop around where we renounce pleasure, we renounce the things we even think that this work that we're doing to, 
to get where we want to go needs to be so like, like deep and meaningful and really like, you know, sometimes it can actually be silly and there can be burst of giggles that come out because you're uncomfortable with where you've just gone and that's fun and that's actually expansive and opens the body up and opens the mind and spirit up um and that way it also makes it more sustainable over a period of time because if you just get stuck in this like self-help bubble where you're listening to podcasts all the time and I got to do this. I've been there. So I'm talking from experience and it's like, no, no, I got to work through this block. This block is in my way. And if I don't get through this block and meanwhile, you're blocking yourself because it's a trap. It's, it's like you're spinning in this vortex of need to be, I need to be better. I need to be better. I need to be better. But it's actually, if you just stop, play, let go, then you're going to expand, you're going to connect with something higher, you're going to hear the whisper, the intuition will bubble up. So it all kind of comes back together. It certainly does. It certainly (laughs) does. And I love what you're saying there. I think Um, I went through a time, and actually a a, a very wonderful coach, um, who is a friend of Confidence Through Cabaret, did a a three-part series with us around various tackling fears, um, she, she said, to, I said, if I had coaching, what would you give me coaching on? And she said, why you need to be at everybody's party. And by that, she meant, why do I have to go on every single free webinar? And I said, oh, because I love them. <laughs> I love everybody's stuff. I want to learn about Instagram reels and branding and sales and, and tech. And I love it all. Yes. Oh but- my God feeling that message right now (laughs) ended up not being able to do any of it because I didn't have time to apply it because I had to jump on the next webinar yes and it's that it's it's that it's just find the thing you need to do now and that's where a coach can really help you right is to just kind of prioritize what you need to be doing right now and I just come back from uh 16 days of not being on anybody's webinar and Mm -hmm. I feel better for it and I feel actually, because I can hear that voice now, I feel like I I know what I need to do now. Yes. And if I just kept hearing everybody else's voice, which I like to do because it lets me hide, then I don't have to do anything because I'm too busy learning. Mm-hmm. And that is one of my um, genius. Is It's the imposter of being the genius. That is one of my kryptonites. So I'm constantly learning how to kind of navigate that one and, and to be able to step in and like, oh, I did it again, where it's like, oh, I need to, I need to learn a little bit more. I need to learn this. But it's, it's a defensive practice in itself. It's like that right there is keeping you safe because chances are you do know more than you know someone else that you can help rise them to that level right or you you've learned one strategy you know if you're doing business and hopping into a million webinars it's like well have you really applied it and have you really milked it for for everything and um you know i've i've been big right now on actually curating the content that i have coming in to try to actually also peel it back. So I'm getting it from just a couple places instead of just, because that's, you know, I will do that too. Yeah. I think um, for me, it's not 
so much of the genius, but I, I because I do a huge amount of imposter syndrome work. And I, I, for me, although I have the symptoms of the genius, which means I have to be, you know, I don't know enough, I need another certificate. And I have experienced that in the past. Um, I, you, you know, when you look at intention behind things, so my, my activity is the same as yours, but for a different reason. So for a lot of us, we, we need to have another coaching certificate or another program or another, you know, we have to keep buying things because we need the certificate. And I, I can remember going to a, a program one, one time about life coaching. This is way back when life coaching was just starting in the UK. And I was there with some women and they said, but you're a coach and you've been a coach for a long time. Why do you need the certification? And, and they made me a sticker at lunch that, that said, you know, whatever the coaching company was certification and they stuck it on me and they went there you've got that now you don't need to come here like you can go you know <laughs> and it was that. so I, I have had that need for I need the certificate or the badge <clears throat> for me it's actually a it's the same activity but when you unpeel the layers back to the beginning of this conversation I start I start realizing that it isn't that at all it's if there's some sort of block of showing up because I don't mm. have to show up if I keep going on everybody else's then I didn't have time legitimately I didn't have time to do all those things Be, and so then I have to go back into okay so what was going on there and you know this is the kind of work that that I know you do as well of, you know kind of getting behind that of what's going on rather than you know if you try and do this these pieces without a coach sometimes we don't get deep enough into it to understand it and we say oh well i won't do webinars anymore well you need to understand why you're not doing them what was the intention behind that and and what it is that you you will put you on the right course um yeah and i love this conversation we need to have a whole imposter syndrome conversation <laughs> at some point because I don't feel done with you Kayla I know I know I can't believe the time just flew by I know okay so um your favorite burlesque prop would be what it's um a giant balloon I do several acts with a huge giant balloon and you can do so much with it. I, I have a super, um, a super woman where, you know, I'm saving the world and the, the balloon is actually the world, but it's, and if you've never seen this before, I'm going to have to send you a photo because this is actually a very, um, it's, it's a very unusual prop and it's not performed with a, and reasonably so, because it is hard to control on stage. <laughs> is this one where you climb into it? No, it's not one that you climb into it. It's just, it's taking actually from the, um, from a very classic 20s, 30s, they would do it. And it was just very light and flowy and this huge balloon. And you're just elegant with this balloon. And then I take that on its head and, you know, make it raunchy <laughs> and, um, but there's so much that you can do with it like you can do that um like if you undo the balloon and you have to it's very you know that's one of those things that undoing a balloon on stage is also very tricky so it has to be kind of really practiced but then you can do like the 80s blowing the hair out and it's just like there's so much comic you know comedic comedic work that you can do with the balloon as well um and it can take on whatever energy you imbue with it too so anyways that's why i could go on about balloons for a long time <laughs> I, I absolutely love that i have to be honest i haven't 
played with a balloon. I, I used to do rhythmic gymnastics, which is now called artistic gymnastics. So that's with the ribbons and the balls and the clubs oh. and the and the hula hoops. I used to I used to compete um, quite seriously with that when I lived in Canada, but um, when I was younger, and uh, and I I've never played with a balloon before. And I don't know why, because I'm sitting there going, oh, I can think of like all the things you can do with a ball, because you can mm -hmm. roll it. And, but I haven't ever played with a balloon. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm, that's what I'm going to do for my movement piece tomorrow, is just play <laughs> with balloons. Oh, it's so fun. So, you know, it's, oh God, I could keep going on about this, but this is only just coming to me about probably why I love it so much. So my mom was actually a recreational therapist, and she taught coping skills to um, drug and alcohol um, addicts to teach them how to kind of get off drugs by using games and using recreation. So she would always have balloons around because she would always, she would do so much work with teaching coping skills with balloons. And I'm only just connecting this right now about why I probably am resonating with balloons so much. Like I had this as teaching me coping skills since I was a kid with the fragility of them but if you're if you know if you play with them they're always they're they're fun and they're light and they suspend and and are elegant at the same time I mean <laughs> how fun yeah I'm just I, I'm I'm now I'm going down a whole mental thing I'm thinking punching balloons do you remember those yes um, I've got a whole, yeah. I, I, I need to, I need to go and explore this. I don't know what it's turning into Kayla, but I will, I keep know. but it's, there's stuff going on in my head right now. That's just exploding and I don't know what it is. And this is the beauty of being able to express yourself through cabaret performing is just, you know, even if you just do it in your own living room, you know, just playing with toys. I have two fans, like just the paper fans sitting across the room from me. Uh, I, I have like uh silky rose petals uh, I just got a bag of pink ones. I have red ones. And sometimes I just throw them and then I just let them float and fly all over me, you know. So okay. then you can just do, I've got ropes. I've got all kinds of stuff in this room. It's ridiculous. Oh my God, I love ropes. I love, I mean, and then you get into all shibari. Or never I mean, oh, Kayla, I can't believe you just said shibari. And whenever I say shibari, people go, what is that? If you're listening to this and you don't know what shibari is, go and have a look at it. Um, but not on your work computer. <laughs> I mean, this not, it, it doesn't have to be that. Oh, that. Okay. We need to do a whole nother podcast on that. Um, yeah, because it doesn't have to be done with another person either. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I use it as a meditation technique. Oh, wow. All right. Sign me up for that masterclass. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, it I is. Can so only, I'm imagining now. I'm like now the same thing. I'm like wheel turning. Ooh. Yeah. So I have I have jute and then I have um, cotton and then I have like a, a synthetic different ropes and they all have different textures to them and that makes a difference to how that feels and, and where you need going back to our jaw clenching or wherever you're carrying your um, your, your tension. It's it's a kind of an extension of my yoga nidra practice when I need to. Oh my God. I know. I... Okay. All right. All right. So we're going to do imposter syndrome and, and Shibari. <laughs> I'm writing this down. We'll do a part two at some point soon. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, stage name. Do you have a stage name? My stage name is Kayla V. 
which is actually, I went back and forth. I had another stage name I performed with, which was Meritrix for a long time. And I wanted my identity, my name being Kayla, to actually be closer to my stage name. So I changed it to Kayla V and it feels more resonant. Beautiful. It's important that, you know, and I, if, if you're a listener to this podcast um, or, or any of the lives, even in the community, we tend to talk about our stage names. I'm a huge advocate about using that energy and that power that, that is, is a, a separate identity, but still a huge part of us. Because, you know, we talked briefly about imposter syndrome. We'll need to come back to that conversation another time. But um, that imposter voice is a voice that we often don't question that tells us you're not good enough or you need more certificates or do more webinars or whatever. And this is a different voice. And it's another way of combating. I use this a huge amount in my work. Um, And I am also Mm -hmm. Helen, which um, is a new name for me, a fairly, fairly new. I only... um, previewed it at the end of last year um, and that is about um that I'm I, I'm I'm this and I'm also this and I'm also this and I'm I can be anything I want to I can be I can be all of the things and also this and also that and also and and so my intro mm-hmm. is very confusing to compares because they're like also Helen also Helen also Helen. You know, it's like a whole mood. So fun. Depending on yeah. how you say that. And yes. people who get it are like, you know, you can be a mom and you can be a wife and you can be a this and you can be a that and you can be and also and also and also and also. And it's not we're not the labels that we are given or that we define ourselves or describe ourselves with. We're so I, much more than those labels. I love that so much. Thank oh. you. Well, I love Kayla V. I think it's very cool and it's very linked to your name. So thank you for sharing that. Of course, of course. And my last question, well, actually I have two more questions. One of them is, what is your favorite lesson that you've ever learned? Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, favorite lesson. I, I'm going, it's funny because it's it's one that I, is that you need to concentrate on doing one thing. I love that. I'm a big proponent of I'm an anti-multitasker and I'm an I'm a one tasker. But I also love to challenge it at the same time <laughs> because I'm also rebellious. So I challenge it and also say, but you're also allowed to be multi everything. So it's this duality in it that is the thing that I always go back to. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. And this, the last question that I have for you is where can people find you and get in touch with you? Um, so to feel sparks.com on Instagram to at to feel sparks um, on Facebook. It's actually Kayla Bittner. So B U E T T N E R. Um, and yeah. And then if, if you sign up for my mailing list too, you'll get a whole bunch of freebies, including some free audio meditation. And if you're single, there is a workbook for, you know, finding what it is to look for when you're looking for love. Um, so there's a whole bunch of freebies that kind of come together when you join the mailing list, even if you don't even know you're going to get them. So, yeah. 
Beautiful, beautiful. You can always find Kayla via Heather Jean or Confidence Through Cabaret. Uh, if you can't find Kayla for some reason, and I don't know why that would be, it'll be in the show notes. But if if for some reason you can't find her, then let me know and I will put you in touch. I'm a huge believer that collaboration is the way forward and community is just such a a beautiful act of love. So thank you so much for sharing with us, Kayla. Oh, thank you so much. It was so beautiful. And, um, and, and your energy and getting to know you is just, oh, you are radiant. And I'm sure that everyone in your community is able to also feel that and get lifted up by it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I've just come off a transatlantic flight. So I feel I, I you've, you've made you've made my day because I was like, Oh, I feel like hell in terms of in terms of like there's no energy. So I'm really <laughs> that's coming through because I am truly thrilled to have this conversation with you, Kayla. Oh, thank you. Oh man, yeah, I know you would not know right now that you're, <laughs> um, you know, on your final probably final hour before time to chill out and relax on to on this night. Yeah, well, I wasn't flying the plane, so I chilled on the plane quite a bit. (laughs) Okay, thank you again, Kayla. I am Heather Jean. This is Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast or the vodcast, depending whether you're on uh, your podcast or your YouTube uh, links. I am here to remind you that it is your body and it is your world and it's your stage. Take up space. Own it right now. Thank you. Thank you.